Hi, this is Randy G with the Holistic Health Hotline. It's Sunday, and as promised, we have our special guests here today, and it's going to be a um, special format. Um, probably 20, 25 minutes per podcast, and when I close one out, I will be recording with them again, and I will put that one up on the on the uh, on the podcast network the following day, and maybe the following day, and maybe the following day. We don't know how far we're going to go, but you have some special treats today. I have with me Dr. Karen Kelly, um, who is going to speak first. She's the director of the Holistic Healing Arts Center in Foley, Alabama, which is near Gulf Shores. She's been in the field of complementary medicine for about 33 years. She's a chiropractor, a naturopathic physician, a psychotherapist, an acupuncturist, and clinical nutritionist. She's also an animal communicator and a certified animal chiropractor through the American Veterinary Chiropractic Association, where she has taught, taught small animal nutrition and applied in clinical kinesiology for their diplomat program. She lectures and facilitates workshops throughout the country in the fields of holistic health, women's issues, psycho-spiritual counseling, and natural health care for animals. You'll also be hearing from Maggie, who, all, who she will introduce, um, and I've told you about Maggie a couple times, and she has even been here today, both of them actually, working on my mother's dog, who has gone through um, some emotional trauma and physical trauma from the move from Georgia, and, you, and all of you who listen know that that's gone on, and uh, went to a grooming session and probably had some things happen to him there and had some things happen to him a long time ago, which is now coming up to the surface, and he's ready to be healed, so he kind of got me and them together again, and um, uh, they came to take care of him, and, and I think he's a lot happier, so we're moving forward with that. Um, a lot of these materials that Karen and, and Maggie are going to be uh, presenting today are also incorporated into workshops and seminars and classes that we're having here at this office at uh, Bay Branch Estates in Alabama, and I will be putting some of the things up on the website so that you'll have something to read besides um, just listen to. So you need to tell your friends, you need to spread the word. There's a lot of people with um, with animals, there's a lot of people with energy issues, there's a lot of people with holistic health issues that have been waiting for these two people to talk to them, and that's what we're going to do today. So without further ado, I'm going to give the microphone to Dr. Kelly, um, Karen, my good friend. She's an awesome person. I have tremendous respect for her and, and her gifts, as I do Maggie's, and <clears throat> I'm very proud to present them to you, actually. So here's Karen. Greetings. This afternoon we're going to share some information about what I call the language of love, how to communicate with your pet. I'd like to open with a quote from a veterinarian by the name of Dr. Norman Ralston. He says, and quote, animals have a wealth of love to share as well as an intuitive sense of approaching danger. By listening to your pet, you can learn to enhance your own health and well-being, end of quote. And this is really what I believe uh, animals are here to help us to learn, to enhance our own energies, and to help us to grow. They come into our lives um, oftentimes with what I call sacred contracts to either teach or heal, search or protect or rescue, or to mirror aspects of ourselves, be they the positive ones or the ones that uh, we would like to work on, such as patience or forgiveness, compassion, and expression. With our heightened sense senses, the awareness and unconditionally loving hearts, they often act as our ears and our eyes and our noses and as our guides and companions 
to people with special needs. In return, they deserve the very best that we can offer in the way of wholesome, natural, non-toxic food and shampoos and flea and tick control and clean, fresh water, a safe, comfortable, and stress-free environment, and perhaps most often overlooked desire, their desire to be heard. Are you aware that our animals talk to us constantly, but most of us don't listen or we don't think we know how or don't think we can communicate, so we don't even try, other than the obvious by noting that our pet's actions, uh, when maybe they're happy, maybe they're sad or afraid or bored or hungry, we generally assume that carrying out a two-way conversation with them is out of the question. However, if we pay attention, they will warn us of danger, predict the weather, mirror our feelings, and often our diseases and even detect certain health conditions before a crisis ensues. And in some cases, even before medical science is able to make an accurate diagnosis. There have been reported cases of dogs being able to warn an epileptic up to 20 minutes prior to a seizure in time for them to seek help and safety. In other cases, where dogs have, quote, sniffed out malignant melanomas or skin cancers, or even detect when a person is about ready to have a heart attack or has a serious heart condition by a particular odor that the person emits. So animals can also help change cruel people into kind ones. The quality of our relationships with our pets is often a barometer of the quality of our lives, our relationships with people, our health, and the health of our pets. That quality is enhanced by our ability to communicate with them, to listen to their needs, wants, their feelings, their warnings, and their wisdom. So what are the, some of the ways that we can communicate with our pets? Well, we communicate through sound, the pitch or tonal quality or the inflection or rhythm of our voice. We also communicate through touch, through our body language, through our eyes, a certain look or a facial expression. We communicate through our feelings. They often can pick up when we're sad or angry or excited or afraid. And through our energy fields, our auras, animals see our auric colors, and they sense disturbed frequencies that can signal pain or disease and injury or calming frequencies that depict joy and harmony. And also they communicate through our thoughts. Does this latter mean that they can read our minds? Yes, in a way they can. Animals are telepathic and often communicate in pictures. Maggie's going to be sharing a little bit about her experiences this afternoon of how she sees the pictures that they emanate and then gets what they're trying to tell her through these pictures because they convey a certain energy or emotion. The clearer we, uh, we are able to see or image these pictures and send and receive them, the easier it is for most of us to communicate with our pets. So where do we begin? What skills do we need and how do we develop them? So I'm going to share with you now 21 basic steps that I have learned over the years would be a good place to begin learning what we call the language of our animals or the language of love. However, once you become more seasoned at it and you become real good at it um, in animal communication, many of these steps are no longer necessary. We often talk to animals that we have never seen or met or even through a photograph. We just have the sound of maybe an anxious owner's voice at the end of the phone requesting to help to find a lost pet, for instance, or maybe assistance with an ailing or distressed animal. So let's begin with the 21 basic steps. Number one, 
Find a safe, quiet, comfortable space without distractions. That means no other pets to interfere, no other people, no TV, radio, phone, interruptions, and so forth. This is real important, especially when you're just beginning, so you don't have a lot of interfering energies and trying to sort everything out and can get real clear with your pet. Number two, get your pet's permission and attention. Uh, just like it's polite when calling a friend to ask, is this a good time for us to talk? Because they might be in the middle of something and would rather you call them in 15 minutes or half an hour. So, too, should we show our pets the same consideration. By inviting them to communicate on their terms, not ours, our efforts will reap better results. You may want to make eye contact at first to be sure that your pet is present and not off somewhere chasing mice or squirrels. Number three, be sure that you set aside enough time. If you or your pet feel rushed or the session feels forced, you may convey and receive confused messages as he may feel that he doesn't have adequate time to finish his thoughts or his story. So give yourself plenty of time and don't kind of sandwich it in between, you know, oh, I've got to be here in the next few minutes. Just um, schedule out some unscheduled time that you don't have to interrupt. Um, number four, timing. Check in with yourself and with your pet. Is the timing right for both of you? Are either of you too tired or moody or irritable or ill or distracted or distressed? Maybe somebody's hungry. Maybe you're just preoccupied or not in the mood to talk. Also, attempting to communicate with your pet for the first time when your pet might be in an emergency situation may not bring the best results. So it's great to just continue to practice uh, communicating with your pet so that in an event in which there's an emergency or the pet is injured or the pet is lost, then it's not your first attempt so that you've already made that contact and then it becomes easy in an emergency situation to pick that ball up and go with it. Number five, observe your own mood, your own body language, your energy, your thoughts and feelings. And observe your pet's body language. Is your pet active, a little bit lethargic? Is your pet aloof or tentative? Um, look at his movements, his eyes, breathing, and attentiveness. Um, just kind of tune in and, and merge with some of the things that you're observing. Number six, listen. The most important step to communicating with pets, or with people for that matter, is to discover how truly to listen. Be still, quiet the mind, and open the heart. Communication with animals is heart-to-heart, -heart, and it's a type of communication that flows if we simply get out of our own way. To listen effectively takes patience, practice, courage, and the ability to clear the mind chatter. You might begin by practicing this art with a friend. Um, we did this for many, many years when we were studying for the ministry. And um, we would um, divide up into groups and we'd pair off. And we would ask for three nights, um, let's say I would be the sender. Let's say Raina was going to be the receiver. So I would send Raina a picture. Maybe I would send her a picture of a rose, but I wouldn't, of course, tell her what I was sending her. And we would schedule a time. And so at 7 o'clock at night, Raina would be in a, a meditative state. I would be in a meditative state. And I would just, for maybe 5, 10, 15 minutes, just beam that picture of that rose to Raina. 
And the next night we would do the same, and the next night we would do the same. And then we would switch off. And for the next three nights, Raina would be me a picture, be the same picture each night. And then on the seventh day, we'd get together and we'd say, okay, what'd you send me? What'd I, here's what I got and so forth. And if you do that and you practice it with each other, that makes you clearer and clearer um, able to see these pictures and to get these images from your pet. So you might try that a little bit and get some practice at it. Um, okay, so then number seven, practice makes perfect. Just like everything that we do that's worthwhile takes practice, so too does learning to explore and experiment and experience our animals as conversationalists. This includes practicing, seeing and sending, receiving pictures and so forth, um, and just getting in touch, going through these steps over and over until it becomes kind of second nature. And um, you know, you, you can also just practice the art of listening with a friend and just ask them to um, describe something that they enjoy doing, um, like an art or a hobby, and then uh, say it back to them so that you can see how well you listen. Sometimes we think we're good listeners, and then when we try to repeat something somebody said, we didn't quite get it, and we go, hmm, I thought I heard that correctly. So just practice. Number eight, clear the mind chatter. How many of us have just a lot of stuff, just bee-bee-dee-bee-dee-bee-dee, and things we got to do, and, and we're a little bit distracted, and we're not totally present? Most folks are not real good at being present. We're always thinking about what we got to do in the future, what happened yesterday. Being totally present is one of the things that I believe animals teach us because they're not ever thinking about past or future. They're totally present, fully present beings. So learn to stay focused, and whatever thoughts we give energy to or whatever we consistently focus on will be telepathically picked up on our pets. So if you're thinking of, you know, the date with your boyfriend or you're thinking what the fight you had with your sister or you're thinking about that test you got to take or asking your boss for a raise or paying the bills and then you're trying to sit down and talk to your pets, guess what? They're going to be picking up some of that stuff. And so you might get a little confused information coming back from them because they're getting a little confused information being directed to them. So think about that. Number nine. Maintain a non-judgmental attitude. Animals are like humans in some respects. If they feel like what they're sharing might be judged or ridiculed or criticized or ignored, they might be more reluctant to speak up. They have feelings too and they get their feelings hurt. So um, just kind of be open and not be attached to, to outcome and so forth. Number 10. Let go of expectations rather than having expectations and agendas about where you want the conversation to go. Be open-minded and open-hearted and let that animal guide you. Your pet may just babble for a while at first because they're so delighted that you finally took the time to listen. So um, just kind of let go of any outcome and just let the conversation go where it may. Okay, that's the first 10 of the 21, and uh, what we're going to do is stop this, this particular podcast, and I will do segment two 
uh, immediately, and you see where we're going with this. Karen is, is just amazing with this stuff, and her voice is pretty friendly on the podcast network, so I think you'll enjoy listening to her. So what you need to do is send that email out to people and tell them that there's one, two, three, or four of these things coming up about animals, about pets, um, energy, um, and Maggie will be telling her stories. So we will continue this in, in just a minute, um, but you will get it uh, either tomorrow or the next day up on the podcast network. So this is Raina G. with the Holistic Health Hotline. Go to earthwalk-usa.com. If you're interested in Dr. Kelly speaking with you or you need help from Dr. Kelly, you can um, email her at healthiswealth. Excuse me. Just a minute. Health is wealth 88. Oh, health is wealth 88 at gmail.com. Health is wealth 88 at gmail.com. Be back soon.